0: Hey guys, it's Drew back with Paul again, and we're here for our second episode on suffering and healing. All right, Paul. So last time we talked a little bit about some of the theological um, significance of healing and suffering, and how it should, how our understanding of the Bible should affect how we how we relate to these things. So today I'd like to get a little more personal, and maybe we can both talk about some things we've been through. Um, Physical suffering or otherwise, and how it's um, strengthened ultimately our, our trust in God, but also given us given us a perspective and a heart for other people that are in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Paul, maybe you can just start, just fill people in a little bit on some of what's been happening in your life in the, in the past few years, and we can go from there.
1: Yeah, um, I'll point you some of you also to the article. This article I wrote for Think Truth some time ago called. Uh, Something about suffering, a personal journey, Mm. where I talk a bit about our family's experience. But basically, I have a a younger sister who's 22 now. And for the last several years, she has been um, essentially an invalid. And just watching a few years ago, several years ago now, watching her collapse, watching her health deteriorate, watching her lose abilities and and basically lose a social life, lose everyday life, Mm. lose ability to do much of anything at all. And losing sort of hope for the future uh, was extremely difficult. And it's impacted our family in all sorts of ways. And all the, you know, impacts our my wife and and my everyday life and the decisions we make and all sorts of things. Um, So, yeah, it's especially a few years ago, really needing to wrestle through what does it mean that God loves us in in the middle of all this stuff. It's very difficult. And and you obviously have... um, well, not obviously to all our listeners, but uh, you have your own share of extremely difficult sort of life-altering mm. of things that have given you a perspective and has shaped your life. Yeah,
0: well, I guess the first thing that would have happened to me would have been my my father leaving the home when I was 16. Um, so that was obviously not a physical issue, but very, very, very hurtful, very hard to work through emotionally. And, yeah, I think that was certainly the first um, first thing I, I went through. And I think <sighs> what's strange about looking back to that time was it was very difficult. But I also feel, um, you know, sometimes when we're, we're in the middle of these impossible situations, like if you would have told me just um, a couple of years before it happened that my dad was going to leave, I would have I laughed you off. Like I had a good childhood, um, but I, I think through the shock of it all, um, God's grace was so so clear to me that it it, stre- it ultimately strengthened my faith. I look back to kind of my mid-teens as a time where a lot of things were solidified, mm. but it was still painful. It was still, and I feel like in a strange way. Um, some some ways of working through that almost caught up to me more in my twenties. Mm. Um when the initial adrenaline of you know it's survival. Yeah, it's survival and a sense of um I wouldn't say this was a primary motivator, but knowing that other people would be pleased with me if I would handle the situation honorably. And everyone, people were wondering about it. We were kind of Anytime we would see our friends, we're like, what's going on with your family? Like, have you seen your dad? Right. What's going on? There's a lot of, a whole lot of attention coming our way for that. And of course, you know, now it's, goodness, it's almost 10 years ago since that happened. Um, it's just less of a, <laughs> it's less of a, of, less of a newsworthy event for people to be asking us about. I mean, I still regularly have people asking me, have
1: you seen your dad? What's going on there? But there's, there's, there's nothing happening. But it has it has impacted, and this is an important thing to bring up because there's that initial, you know, couple years long process to work through. But then mm-hmm. it's it's altered your life, right? In in ways that are maybe harder for people to see now. Yeah. But your your experience of the world, your experience of family life, your experience of everything, yeah. is different than it was going to be for someone who didn't go through that. Sure. And you're still there are still things that Ways in which that deeply affects your everyday life, not the same way, but right. it's still there. Like you know, I think this is a way when, that I actually have it easier than you do,
0: um, and that is I'm not in daily contact with um, someone that's in the middle of the kind of situation that your sister is. And so, like the the difficult moment that happened for me was, um, I'm not regularly reminded. As much. And I think it's, it's by the grace of God that we've been able to move on as a family. I mean, there still are right. things we right. work through. So it's, I don't want to diminish that. But it's not the kind of in your face tragedy, right? perhaps. Right. Um,
1: and yet you have, say, more responsible different re- set yeah, of responsibilities, sure. and that sort of thing, um, which gives you different experiences. And there still are times as a family where we have to say, look, you know, we've
0: come through an awful lot. God's right. grace has been sufficient. But there are still things we're working through. Yeah. And still ways um, you'll never be the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in a moment of crisis, and I think of things that happened in my 20s that were difficult in taxing and relationships or career moves or whatever, or just facing a lot of criticism at a certain time in my life. Right. And it's at that point I'm like, yeah, I don't have a dad. And there right. are things that um, I think for me, my tendency has almost been to, um, well, I kind of have a, a naturally... Um, overachiever complex. Yep. And so, so I want to go out there and get things done and that sometimes the vulnerability isn't there to the level it should be. Mm-hmm. And then then you crash and it yeah. catches up to you. Yeah. I think we both know a bit about that.
1: <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, one of the things that for me is, is, is very difficult is just on a constant, constant level, um, basically every day, mm. being reminded afresh of um, this really, really sad situation and someone you love deeply not being able to have a life. And, mm-hmm. you know, it star- as it, when it started out, this it was like her older siblings' friends starting to get married. Now it's her age yeah. group. She doesn't have friends anymore because she's been cut off from, you know, society essentially. Right. But those people, and she, you know, hears about weddings. I got married. She couldn't come to my wedding. Wow. Um, and she, she knows, we don't talk about it too much, but she knows that that's stuff like that's never going to happen to her right. most likely. Um, and, uh, you know, and then of course my, I had a health crash because of trying to juggle well, with my overachiever complex, mm. trying to work, do school and be home and help the family a lot. And there was some really traumatic stuff going on, uh, at home. It was one of the worst times for, for my sister, and uh, yeah, so it's just yeah, as we, it's it's just a it's a constant thing. Mm-hmm. So there's some personally, yeah, it's shaped us a lot. Um, and and in some ways, for me, also, I didn't necessarily my experience going through some of that was maybe a little different from yours. There were maybe some times where I felt God's help or presence, but a lot of times where um, I didn't feel very much. Right, and. The most helpful things were just reading the 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 painful Psalms in the Bible mm-hmm. where there like Psalm 88 where there is no happy ending and just realizing holding on clinging to the hope of the future the resurrection, um, but also clinging to those those prayers where in scripture itself people are crying out to God and in right. pain. I think there's the advantage to having
0: gone through difficult situations like this, is that it's, it's much easier to look at other people in a difficult situation and see yourself to some extent in their shoes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's harder to look on and just think, well, that's a crazy thing that happens to some, some other people out there. Right. You kind of see yourself in some way um, yeah. being able to relate. Absolutely. Which is... Um, in a strange way, I think
1: counts as a blessing, oh, it is, yeah, I, this happens actually very recently to me, not for the sickness things, but for something else i was I was interacting with a couple of people who are uh, facing difficulties in their lives of not not of a physical nature um, and I've faced some similar similar things, and you just you just feel so bad because mm-hmm. you're like, but there you you were able to sort of come through it and they're still stuck in it and and you're just like but that so easily could be me exactly. like there's no particular reason why right i'm not there and then it's just it i don't know you know that you, you just feel it more and it mm-hmm. hurts more for you for you right. almost it's hard to just brush it off and say well whatever that dude has his problems right um, but i think that's that's something that christians that's what paul means when he talks about bearing each other's burdens is right. to to feel and to really realize you know that uh, that that could be me, mm. and maybe that is me you know, right. in a sense, yeah, I think so be, go ahead what, what would you what I don't know, maybe this is a good time to interject. what would you say, so there's some people listening that are like, "Well, uh, I feel guilty about this, but I've never really had a life altering traumatic set of experiences um, exactly what should I do right what what are some? some things you might suggest for people in that category. It's not their fault, but, right. but they are required to steward it a certain way. Exactly. So how, what, what would you say?
0: Yeah, it's something I think about a lot. Um, you know, I think some of it stems back to looking at the, the situations that shaped my life and shaped the life of my family, um, which is the tragedy of my, my dad leaving. Obviously, that's something I'm never going to do to my wife or kids. So there's, it's not, like, it's not like it's a recipe that I can say, you know, we'll just, this is what happens. Your dad leaves and then you, you go through this. Um, so I think there's, I think about it, like how can these same lessons be learned? Because you feel like you, you want people to be able to have the depth of being able to relate to people and have an understanding for other people that are in suffering without wishing that suffering on them as an end to, to right. reach it. I think that's the complexity. Um, so I th- I think one of the, the main things that comes to my mind is that there are suffering people around you. Yes. Um, if you're in a situation where there isn't someone in your family that's suffering, um, maybe you have a relative that's suffering. Maybe, maybe you don't. I mean, I mean, if you honestly don't have, don't know of a, a family or relative that's in a difficult situation, maybe they're just elderly and in need of care, mm-hmm. But I
1: mean, I think most people can think of someone they know. There's, there's almost I mean, certainly yeah. somebody, at least somebody, probably more than somebody in your church. Right. With. Exactly. And often they're in, they're not they're suffering maybe invisible. Right. And you need to actually do some, expend some energy figuring that out. And see, I think that's the thing
0: for people that haven't had as much experience experience in it's a little it's not as easy to pick up on, um, on the signs. That something isn't quite right, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, the phys- Obviously, if it's directly physical suffering,
1: it's generally a little easier to tell. But, but even there, it's really tricky, and this it's is true. where, uh, like in my family, so it's it, it's easy if you come to church in a wheelchair. Yeah. That's really easy. Right. Everyone has a category for that. But if you have sort of a an illness which um, isn't easily easily categorizable, or. Um, yeah goes on for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if it's cancer or something, people, oh, they right. get that. But if it's something that just has a very complicated name or doesn't have a name right. and goes on forever and kind of maybe keeps you from going to church or mm-hmm. something like that, being around, uh, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know. I think that's almost this, I mean, it's terrible to even
0: say it, but it's easy for people that are doing well and living a good life and in good health to kind of, kind of feel like, well, you know, that person probably, that's just a weird person, so that's just kind of something that happens to them because they aren't quite whatever. Right. And just kind of
1: almost shrug it off and not think that, you know, this could very well be me in this situation. And this is part of where what we talked about in our last episode, where it's extremely, it can be, it can, it's extremely dangerous, and it can be easy for some people to sort of attach a theological excuse or Mm. justification, uh, which is exactly sort of what happened in John's Gospel where, where the disciples were like, "Oh, this guy's, this guy, you know, is has this, you know, illness, or whatever." Right. So who sinned, this man or his parents, mm-hmm. right? And it's an easy way of saying, "Well, there's something wrong with them that wouldn't be the, like the reason I'm okay is that I don't have that, you know, problem." So right. this person doesn't have enough faith. That's why he's ill, and that sort of gets me off the hook, yeah. uh, in a sense. Uh, and of course, Jesus' words, I think, were just as true for our need to speak to us right. as much as they did to the disciples. And no, it's not this, it's not, it's sin of this person or his parents, but this is part of, this is part of living a fallen world and it's part of God's sovereign plan. Mm -hmm. So there's a book uh, I will suggest to, for anyone who maybe hasn't gone through difficulties and is wanting to do, to, to learn more how to do your part uh, to bear each other's burdens. And it's a book called Being There by Dave Furman. It's an excellent, excellent book. It's fairly short, and it uh, is specifically geared at people who are helping uh, and wanting to help mm. people who are suffering. Um, it goes has some, some theological stuff, but a lot of practical stuff, including like a list of Ten Commandments of what not to do <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh, and things like that. Excellent, excellent book, and it's a good place to start. Right. A lot of it, I think, comes down to, and this
0: is, maybe we could touch a little bit on the what not to do element. Um, like I, I know as having gone through what our family has, there are times where very well-meaning people kind of try to reach out in a way that ends up feeling like they view you as their ministry. Yes, their project. A project. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my word, totally. And they don't really view you as... They, they obviously have you off in a different category yeah. of people, yeah. And like this, these people that are, we're just going to try to reach out to that we will have over to do our missions for the week, right. not to just hang out with. Right. And but these are real people that are going right. through these things. Yeah. And I think as as again, for those of you that aren't in in a situation that's wearing on you personally, find someone that is. Yeah, and develop a relationship with them, not yeah. in a way of like, "Oh, how can I help you?" Yeah. And that's <laughs> there are times that that's needed, but there's also times where people these people in difficult situations just need someone that actually views them as a normal person that they can yeah. interact with, yeah, and have a conversation with. You know, even if the person is in a wheelchair, right? Have a
1: conversation. Yeah, with they're them. they're just as, just because they're in a wheelchair doesn't mean they're any less normal. Exactly. Than, you know, um, that that is an. I think that's one of the most important important points. It's it the What people in this type of situation need most is someone to just to actually be their friend
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it's one thing we've found is that it's really easy to get um to get a baby meal sign up sheet filled out yeah uh or any or uh, you know a one off work day or something like that sure. but long term is mm. really hard, and that's yeah. what people need is somebody who is genuinely their friend, and like you said isn't there just to like you know, do their, their good charitable deeds for the week. Right. Um, but who really cares about them as a person. And, uh-huh. and people who are sick don't, or in a difficult time, don't want to be just defined as, or by, or thought of as the sick person. Right, or, of course. You know, they get tired of interacting with other people only in terms of their being sick or, right. you know, disabled or fatherless or whatever. Yeah. They want to have a, be treated as a person. Yeah, there's a time where sympathy is actually not appreciated
0: where it just seems like it's all this oh so sorry for you and your family and right. it's like why don't you stop being sorry and just like hang out just with, be me, just me. Be yeah, with me be with me exactly
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah. That uh, that's like the biggest mm-hmm. thing yeah and I, I have to think about even when I at the time my dad left relationships I, I had that were very much not a sympathy relationship where it actually yeah. seemed normal where I was able right. to hang out with people that were good friends and enjoy that. Enjoy spending time with them, and, and it it made life seem um, bearable in a way that yeah. I
1: don't think it would have otherwise. Yeah, because I mean, it, I mean, you've lost so much normalcy, right? And by someone else just interacting with you in a way that just highlights the fact that you've lost normalcy, that's not helpful, right? But by interacting with you as a real person, actually restores a tiny bit of that right normalcy, exactly. and that's I think my wife has uh, shout out to her she's done an incredible job you know uh coming into my family and being that way, just mm-hmm. really being a friend and caring and treating my family my ill family members as just real beautiful special people mm-hmm. uh, I think she's yeah that she's been just such an example of someone who's come into that situation right. um in a in a really healthy and beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And perhaps proof that you don't need to go
0: through the situation yourself firsthand to be able to adapt That's to true. the That's
1: true. However, she had her share of um, difficulties both with her own, herself and with a teammate illness well, sure. in Africa for two years, right. which did help prepare her for this. I think if we're providentially.
0: all... Providentially. If, if, if we all really think about our lives, we all have some element of something personally that we've gone through and some element... I mean don't you think? I mean are there really people I don't
1: know that have just escaped everything? <laughs> Maybe, but uh um, yeah. they won't forever. Oh, exactly. Like, um you know and and do do they even want to? Like yes, I mean I don't wish I don't think neither of us wish the things that have happened to our families on anybody right. else. Um and yet I think for both of us they give us a little bit more confidence that we actually that our faith is you know what what the what New Testament says about how the tested genuineness of your faith is worth more than gold, or whatever. Mm. It's tested by fire, or whatever. Um, there's a sense I think that we have a little bit more confidence that yes, our faith is 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 strong or is real, precisely because we've gone through stuff and still trust God. Mm. And, and this is the thing. I think this is where we, I kind of look at the people who never had anything terrible happen and be like, wow. I kind of feel a little bit bad for you because. If I were in your shoes, I'd be like, "How do I know that I actually have a good spiritual life?" Right? right. You know, yeah, yeah. and obviously that you have to leave that to God's providence and everything uh-huh. else. Um, but that is one of the that's one of the things that that suffering does. Mm-hmm. And so, don't go out looking for it, um, but know that in God's providence over your life, your Christian life, um, be prepared for it now by grounding yourself in scripture and by making friends with people whose faith has been strengthened through their own suffering and help that, let that prepare you for the time when God sends difficulties into your own life to test, to build your faith.
0: Right. I don't, I don't think we should go looking for suffering for ourselves, but we should go looking for those that are suffering and learn to develop relationships that don't, that actually treat them
1: as, as people and learn to to cultivate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and realize that, like I just said, that those people have, often have so much mm. to teach you. Right. And it's really not going to be a one-way. It's not going to be, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be, you know, just ministering to them. No, if you treat them as a real friend and realize that God's been doing things in their lives, they're going to wind up ministering to you. Right, for sure. I, I think the, the advantage
0: of not being in the middle of suffering or a difficult situation is there? There should be a sense of extra energy. Yes. Often more resources. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're physically well, you, it's much easier to to move around and help other people. Yeah. And so I think instead of just, I think the last thing we want our listeners to think is, "Oh dear, I'm I'm my life's going well. I should feel guilty. I'm not have definitely to not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not helpful at all. Um, there are advantages that come to being in a situation where you don't have to." Um, Constantly be looking after elements of suffering in your life or your family's life. Um, yep. I mean, obviously for you and your situation, there's, you have less time in, on your hands as a result. Yeah. And there's other people that have more time um, that can, can use that to help others. Exactly. And I think it, we're coming back to the, the whole thing of uh, to, to whom
1: much is given, yeah. much is required. absolutely. I think that's the challenge. It's not a, you should not feel guilty at all for not having bad things in your life. But you should feel responsible, right, for, for what God has given you. You should feel guilty if you aren't doing anything with it. You should it. definitely feel guilty if you are not uh, are not trying to find avenues that you can use your extra <laughs> resources to bear someone else's right. burdens. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think we should conclude maybe by just by just saying that um Whoever we are, however, whatever situation God's put us in, um, we all need each other in the church. Um, there's reasons why God has made some of us put some of us in the middle of suffering, and mm-hmm. others of us not. And we need both. Both of us need each other. Um, th- those who are suffering have a lot to give to those who are not in terms of lessons of faith and trust and examples. I look up to my sister and my mom mm-hmm. for the, the the tremendous example of steadfastness and faith. And then other people who have more resources that they can use to help those who are suffering. Right. And uh, we need each other, and this is part of how we show Jesus to each other. Um, and then undergirding all that, as i found in my life, is that even in those really dark times when God doesn't seem to be around, um, somehow he does keep us. And somehow, uh, as I always, I'll close on this note, had to come back to when I was in the middle of really wondering what does it mean for God to love us and if he's letting this happen to my sister and everything. It's I don't know. I really don't know. But the one unshakable fact is that Jesus, God, it's not because he doesn't love us, because God sent his son Jesus to die for us. And Mm -hmm. if that's the case, then I know that proves that he loves us. And so whatever, why he's allowing all this stuff, I have no idea, but I know it's not because he doesn't love us. And right. that's the one confidence that we can have as, as believers.